You ready? Yeah. Why are you being stupid? Day. Can we cut that? <laughs> no. Well, here we are. Welcome to the squad, Betty. <laughs> to the Colonel Mac. <laughs> I still not at the big boy table. Oh, my God. Comedy hour at the time. I can't argue with that because I can tell you, my my ten year career, I've only met two. What? <laughs> I wish you guys could have seen what just happened. I mean, it was it was like Craig and Smoke. Any point in time that it gets crazy, man? I'm a great service and right. walk out. Like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I don't even work here. Right. What what building is this? Back at the squad bay one more time in the month of February. It feels like I haven't been here in a hundred years. Had to t- uh, get all the dust off all the equipment. Had to chisel the door open like Indiana Jones. And uh, lo and behold, in the room, what did I find? I found my main man, Sergeant First Class Briley. What is good? I thought you left. I, was, I wish I, was I had. Now I'm here every day. You travel so much, I, I don't did. know where you are. I traveled a lot in January. And Where did you go? see where did we go the first weekend of january we went to kentucky for new year's i think we talked about that previously with the berber kentucker yeah and then i think the second weekend we actually stayed home but we were busy the third weekend of january we went to universal for the four-day weekend for mlk weekend we went down to florida and went to universal for four days which was wonderful and then last weekend we went and got a new dog yeah, how's that going, by the way? They, uh, they bought a husky. I hate my life. A husky. hate my life. Yeah, I bet you do. I've tried to warn you. It's really not that bad. She's a really good dog. She just, she's very vocal. <laughs> she, yeah. She's a great dog. Super, very, very calm for the most part. It's just when she wants her dinner slash breakfast, you're going to need some head, some uh, some earplugs. I tried to warn you. Yeah, well, I'm. I'm stubborn and I love huskies. So it was either that or German Shepherd. And my wife said no German Shepherd because apparently they're vicious and are one human dogs, which apparently doesn't work in our family. I don't know. Not really vicious, but they're not good with tiny humans. That's not necessarily true. Not necessarily. That's not necessarily true at all. In fact, uh, lots of German Shepherds are, are great uh, babysitter slash watchdogs for children. That's fair. That's, that's true. Our husky is very fluffy and adorable, though. So yeah, get re- I hope you have lots of. Um, uh, lint rollers for your clothes. She has not really shed at all in the week and a half that we've had her. Just wait. Oh, I know. I'm fully prepared for the the shedding season of huskies. <sighs> I've heard horror stories, <laughs> but we are fully prepared. We are going to brush our dog every week, and we are, and by we, I mean Rachel. Exactly. <laughs> while I sit there and laugh, but it'll be fine. How was your January? It's, when was the last time we did this podcast? I don't know. Um, January was busy for everybody. You know, everything around this whole building has been psycho crazy oh. here lately. Um, just just so, so much going on and with travel and COVID. And I I honestly don't remember. I know the last one was when we did uh, Sergeant Morris. Oh, yeah. But that seems like an eternity ago. That does seem like an eternity um, ago. So, I, I, honestly, I, I forget how this equipment works. I forget what to say. I don't remember what the name of the podcast is. It's a mess. It's a mess. But I'm very glad to be back. Yeah, me too. I want to get sure. I want to get this back on rolling, back in the habit, back in the practice of bringing in some high quality guests for for our listeners. And we've got a good one today. Who is it? <laughs> dramatic pause from Sergeant Brian. I'm a very big fan of being dramatic when <laughs> not necessary. 
We've got Mr. Devane from our intelligence office. Derek Devane. Now, let me tell you something, Derek. We're going to find out. This guy's cool cat. Like, nothing I ruffles his I feathers. I love Derek. I don't talk to him much because I don't really talk to anybody because I'm antisocial and love to hang out, like, in my own little cubicle. But, I mean, I, I absolutely love Mr. Devane. He is a great guy. And lo and behold, talking about Mr. Devane and, and, and people who, uh, who who had the O in front of their rank, the, the XO, the O4 major player and his NPR voice has just come in and crashed the studio. What's going on, sir? Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> Love that voice. You have such a great calming radio voice, sir. Lots of practice. Lots of practice. This, this guy has his meetings, pep rallies. Victory! All this, you know, and he is such a forceful speaker, such a motivator, Great. and he comes in here, and, and and it's like he's had ten Xanax. What are you doing, <laughs> sir? <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure I could uh, change my approach to my radio personality if you guys would uh, please prefer. don't. <laughs> uh, were we being too loud in the studio? Because your office is closest to uh, to the studio here. I uh, know. I was actually looking for the colonel. Um, and I thought maybe she was in here. I saw her by the S1 office before we came down here, sir. <laughs> yeah, she was hanging out, greeting people. Yes. Fantastic. I, I will tell you that I, I'd like to take this opportunity to wish you both a happy National Pizza Day. <sighs> Can we order pizza for lunch? It's your freedom to order whatever you'd like for lunch. You guys can do whatever you want. I'm ordering pizza. (laughs) An extra large pizza for myself. I'm fat. Uh, (sighs) HRC posted a picture of the the new pizza MRE on their uh, Facebook page for National Pizza Day. I will say that um, MREs have come a long, long way since... Since my little my little foray into the military back in the late nineties, I think I'm MRE free since 1993. No, that's a, it's been like many years since I've had an MRE. So I have not tasted the pizza MRE, but what from what I've been told, it is absolutely hands down the best MRE that's. It's ever probably been just like a pizza lunchable. They say it's better than that. Oh, dang! Yeah, that's throwing down the gauntlet right there. It's got that's the, a huge compliment. Which I am be very curious to see how they figured out how to do that. What's your favorite MRE? Well, assuming that the pizza MRE is not as good as they say, my my previous favorite MRE, hands down, was spaghetti. Yes. Spaghetti, really? Oh, you uh-oh. mess up spaghetti. Hold Number up, five, hold up. Talk about getting crashed. Sauce. The XL came crashed, and the BC just walks yes, up in this here. This is why we should keep our door open more often. <laughs> and if she wants to, she can come talk. If she doesn't want to, she can bounce. Looks she's, like she's, she's, she's waving it no, off. No, thank you. All right, ma'am. I am, I am also on my way out, but I would just like to leave you guys one last word. Victory. Victory! Cameos in the, yes. in the squad bay and the BC over there just giving us some background noise. <laughs> yes, National Pizza Day. Oh, not for me. You can have keto. My wife makes a really great keto pizza. I can no, send you the recipe. They sell the cauliflower crust thing in the store. You can do that. Yeah, or 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 you could make. So she makes like. Cheddar biscuits and all sorts of like bread stuff, and it's like a cheese base. And oh, oh, she makes the keto cheddar biscuits. Oh yes, my wife found that recipe and tried yes. it too. It's wonderful. Uh, the, yeah, it's not bad for if you're keto and you're craving bread. Right. I actually went and got this. Um, there's a white bread product. Uh, Walmart sells it in the freezer section. Really? Yeah. I mean, and for the, it's the closest thing you're gonna find. That's interesting. It, to white. me, it has a little keto, bit of a like keto a, bread. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's uh, 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 you know what? We are so far off the rails of this thing yeah, already. Are. I don't even know where. It's fine. 
but anyway, great outtakes. Quickly, I will throw in there that um, this bread, I can't remember, extraordinary something. I'm Googling it. Yeah. Because I love toast, and so does Rachel, but we toast very well. It toasts very well, holds butter. Honestly, it does. It's like I tell my wife, I give it a six and a half out of ten. Like if it just regular white bread was a ten, um, it will make garlic bread very well. I can tell you that. Is it toasts and crunch and uh, holds the butter and it just to me has a little bit of not quite done baking taste. If that that's makes fair. sense. Kiss my keto bread, golden wheat, zero carb. Bread. That is not it. I know, but that sounds. Saw <laughs> that title. Kiss my keto. <laughs> But anyway, we were talking about Mr. Devane, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, this place started sprouting oak leaves all over the place. It's like a tree. (laughs) So, yeah, Mr. Devane's got a really cool background that I am. I know a little bit about his background. I know he was a West Point grad. Ah, you're ruining it, man. Come on, spoiler alert. That's all I know. That's all you know? Really? Like, and I know he's a very great guy. You didn't know that he started off the Naval Academy? No. What? I'm making that stuff up, actually. I was going to say, that's why I'm looking forward to today's podcast, because, like, (laughs) Mr. Devane is a really cool dude I've never really gotten to talk too much to, but I know he has a great story and is just a really great guy. He's a really nice guy, and uh, he's a very, very insightful, helpful um, guy, I wish I wish a lot more people were like Mr. Devane. Yeah, I agree. Uh, anyway, uh, speaking of things that I wish were not quite like, uh, I guess we need to hear some music because it's time. It's time for Sergeant Brelli to press the button like 10 seconds too late. That's okay. You can cut it out. <laughs> I will. <laughs> it's time for Sergeant Major Barbarici's dad joke of the day. Take it away. Why do Valley girls hang out in odd number groups? Because they can't even. I mean, that's... That was pretty good. That's accurate. <laughs> Especially with millennials. That, that, that was pretty good. That, yeah, that was that was pretty accurate. I, I didn't laugh. But I can't it, I mean, even with you right now. It's very true. Actually, we are even. There's only two of us here, so we did even. Yeah, we did. We did. I can't even. Well, well we just did. How about that? We need to get Sergeant Major Barbarisi back in here. Well, you know what? Everybody else is crashing the studio today. We might as well just right? <laughs> Might as well. Let's just go ahead and bring the whole battalion staff in this very tiny room that we call the green room. You know, somebody would, you know, somebody would, you know, like rip one and then oh. then nobody would take the blame. Yeah, I would automatically leave and I would just get out and be like, I'm done. <laughs> Going home for the day. Hey, Valentine's Day is coming up. Oh, you got any plans? Yes. My wife and I don't celebrate Valentine's Day. We think it's a corporate bullcrap thing. Really? Yeah, absolutely. We love each other the exact same on every single day. Except maybe our anniversary. We'll we'll ratchet up one one or two. But we're not going to go out and spend 100 bucks on some garbage that's going to die. You know, fair. I buy cheap flowers. I'm not going to lie. I go to, like, what's a good place? Publix. Publix has great flowers for, like, 10 bucks. They just opened one near my house. Did they? Love Publix. But, yeah, I go to Publix, buy, like, $10 flowers. And they, they have some really great roses. Not to get her some candy, but like that's really all we do. And then we'll typically we go on date nights on Fridays. We'll go out somewhere nice. So instead of going out Friday this week, we're just gonna go out Sunday. So so hear me hear me out here. Don't you think that your that your significant other would appreciate a gift more on a day where they're not supposed to get a gift? She gets the gift of me every day. Exactly. Every day. I hope she listens to You kind of look like a cherub a little bit. You know, you're really, really white, kind of chunky. Yeah, kind of chunky. I need to. I need some wings. Wings. I made some great wings in my, uh, not pressure cooker. Air fryer. Air fryer. But no, yes, Valentine's Day is coming up before we get off topic again. Yeah, no, no kidding. And speaking of things that are hot. Hot. Hot and juicy. Hot and steamy and juicy. Yes, absolutely. Very good. Um, 
We had a recruiting station take the gummy bear challenge the other day. Oh, I heard horror stories about this. Um, yes, that's accurate. You know, we were expecting some good laughs. We were expecting some good laughs. You know, a little ribbon, the guys, you know, it's really, really hot. Oh, no. I heard someone died. Almost. 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 I did hear there was vomiting and bleeding. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> that Two of the three members who took the challenge uh, suffered either vomiting or bleeding or both. Well, this is why I don't do hot stuff. One, I don't and, do spicy stuff in general. Two, this is why I don't do hot stuff, because I would die. And they did so in front of our commanding general and command sergeant major. Of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, That's man. what you want to be is face down on the carpet in front of a two-star general. Yeah. I heard they got ice cream out of it, though. They, did, You know what they did? Uh, it's kind Vereen, of a win-win. General Vereen pulled a 20 out of his pocket. There's a Cold Stone Creamery right in front of the station. Oh, stop it. Right? Hey, do you know who the winner was? I don't even know who did it. I'm just going to say, I'm just gonna, you're going you're gonna to be so happy when you hear this. What's Sergeant Londano was Sergeant the winner. Sergeant yeah, oh, yeah, I forgot. You guys did do that. <laughs> Lumberton. Yeah, I can't wait to get him. I, he's like, I can't wait to come back, guys. I, we can't wait to have you. Yeah, I would have. I don't know. If you had told me that. I was going to vomit and bleed from my nose, but at the end, I would get Cold Stone no, ice cream. Hell, no, no. I would probably do it. No way, dude. You just, you just pay the six bucks yourself. But it was free. No, it was not free. It was surely not free. The The ice cream was technically free. No, you had to go through hell to get some ice cream when you could just go up there and drop six bucks and get some ice cream. Maybe I'll just email the CG and be like, I hear you're just giving out ice cream. Can I have some? He didn't just give it out. I'm telling I you. feel like he did. Wow. Your, your logic is off today. I, my logic is always off, my friend. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, let's get Lance in here with a little bit of social media. For more information about the U.S. Army, give us a follow on social media at BN. That's Bravo November on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or find us on the web at GoArmy.com forward slash Raleigh. Back in the squad bay once again. I'm super excited to tell you that we've got our special guest, the one that we've been hyping up in the first segment. We got the one and the only, Mr. Derek Devane. Hi, Derek. Hey, how's it going? Doing fantastic. You I think he has a great radio voice already. He, he does. He does. He does. I mean, he's no worn off some Montgomery. No, <laughs> Mr. Montgomery's got a great radio Mr. voice. Mr. Montgomery sounds fantastic, but Derek's going to do just fine. Uh, Derek, uh, we, I like him very much because he and I are uh, both GS11s. So we're one of the only, uh, there's only one more in the battalion, and that's Miss Saltmarsh. Wait, there's two? Yeah, there's two. Oh, is Mr. Jared an 11? Yeah, Mr. Jared. Yeah, but he's not a supervisor 11 like me. Yeah, you, you're the only one. I know. That's, that's It's pretty easy to win a supervisor, civilian supervisor of the year when you're the only one. I win it every year. You can't be a supervisor of yourself? That's disappointing. No. That's disappointing. No. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> he said it's hard. Welcome to Squad Bay, Derek, man. I'm, we're super excited to have you. Hey, I'm super excited to be here. So, quickly, uh, what we're going to do is, because you are the intelligence officer for the battalion, but I'm sure our, our, our listeners, our guests, are not going to understand what intelligence means when it comes out of a recruiting battalion. Like, if you were in an infantry battalion, you'd be like, the enemy's over there, the enemy's over there, and the enemy's over there. But in a recruiting battalion, what, what, what does an intelligence officer do? So, it's along the same lines, um, but instead of enemies, we have uh, applicants or uh, potential applicants or we don't want to use words like targets and enemy and stuff like that when we're talking about the civilian public but basically we have those individuals that we would like to 
have them join the army. And so in a similar way, that's what I do. So in a regular unit, you know, I'll tell you, hey, the bad guys are here. This is what you want to do. This is what you need to do. Go over here. Highly effective way to get them. And so that's the same way I do it here in the battalion. Hey, I tell them, hey, these are the most populous areas in the battalion area that uh, where we have potential applicants at. And um, <clears throat> this is what we need to do. This is what they probably want to hear about, whether it's money or a venture or education. And just tell them like, some of those barriers that get them in or keep them from getting in. Things so, like that. so what you're saying is that based upon it, could, it could be uh, a different incentive based on where the target market is. So you say these guys over here, they're, they're looking for some adventure where these guys over here, they're looking for money. Yeah, pretty much. So okay. it's like, okay, hey. This area is, you know, looking for money to get out of that area or, hey, they're looking to stay in that area. And so we may want to pitch the reserves to them instead of active duty or something like that. It sounds like a very, very important job to have. It is. I like to think it is. You got to make sure that people listen to you, though. Yeah, that's the hard thing. That's the hard thing. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee that, sir. <laughs> hey, please send us a list of your zip codes by the end of the week. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Typical stuff. Hey. Nothing. What do you want out of this here? Or hey, what do you want me to produce for you? Or what do you want? And it's like, uh, whatever you think I need. So. <laughs> That's too much fun. Awesome. And, and then um, it's it's cool because Mr. Devane's uh, output target output comes uh, through through me and the S three, and then we create the actual the the message that we send out based on zip codes and geofencing and stuff like that. So, like I said, you know, out in the east part of the state, the message may be different than what we send out to the west part of the state. But we're all one big, you know, uh, happy family, you know, all the parts are lubricated and, and moving to make sure that this machine doesn't stop. Now, how did you get here? You have, a, you have an interesting story. Now, I know enough about you that I know that's super interesting, but you know what I never heard was, how did you get started in the Army? Okay. Well, I grew up actually probably about, uh, I'd say maybe two hours away from here um, in a small town called Ivanhoe, which is near the coast, near Wilmington, um, between Clinton and Wilmington just about. So um, I come from a military family. And by that, like, everybody in my family has joined the military in one shape or form. Um, and in saying that, you know, being the youngest one, and when it came down to me joining, they all looked at me and they said, hey, you can't do the enlisted side. Hey, you need to go do the officer side. And no, wait, said, why did they say that? <laughs> my personality, I guess. Okay. Uh, I don't like to listen too much. Oh. <laughs> I like to try to be in charge of things. And so they was like, hey, you may want to go on the um, officer side of the house. And so in high school, um, I did JROTC. And so another JROTC product, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And so I, during JROTC, I was the, um, you know, I went up through the ranks and I was the, my senior year, I was the battalion sergeant major. Um, of my um, JROTC battalion. And at that point in time, um, my um, JROTC instructor, he um, it was a colonel, Colonel Underwood, and um, he came to me. He said, hey, you're going to West Point. And I said, well, thanks. I said, uh, say that again. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, hey, here's the packet. Fill it out. Get it back to me by Monday. And I was like, uh, okay. So I went home, filled out the packet, 
told my family, I was like, hey, yeah, he's telling me I'm going to West Point. And I was like, yeah, this is a long shot. So I continue to fill out my um, other um, <laughs> college applications as well because I was like, I'm going to go to college. I said, I'm going to join the military, but I'm going to go to college. I said, but, you know, and the military is going to have to help me pay for that along the way. So I um, filled out the application, submitted it, got a call back probably uh, about three months later and said, hey, you got accepted into the – not directly into West Point, but I got accepted into the um, prep school, which is a gateway or a pipeline into the academy. And so I went and spent a year at the prep school, which is awesome. Uh, you learn a lot. It actually lets you test the academics to see if you can make it through academically-wise. And then off to West Point, then after I graduated from West Point in 02, got commissioned as a field artillery officer. What? Yeah, I got commissioned as a field artillery officer. What? Big, big guns, big guns. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went down to uh, Fort Seal, spent a lot of my career there, um, left there, went to Iraq, came back to Fort Seal, went to Iraq again, and then I went to um, the Raleigh Meps here, just across the street, and I was the operation officer there. And while I was there, I said, you know what, I need to do something else. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so I, the Army sent me off to school to be a ORSA. A what? A horse, yes. But this time I'm serious. I don't know what that is. Okay. They call that the big brains of the Army, which I don't know why oh. I got into it. I've never heard of it. <laughs> yeah. It's the Operation Research Systems Analysis. Ooh. So these are all the ones that do your analysis. They do all the testing of the new weapon systems, do the run the different, run manpower analysis for the Army and all that stuff. So um, that's what I got into, went to school for that. And then they said, hey, you're going to uh, USAREC. And so I went to USAREC, did that for a while as a grain suitor, and I said, okay, hey, my time is done for the military. Got out and did the civilian, got a civilian job with uh, USAREC headquarters as a orser. I went from the G3 shop to the G2 shop. And so I did analysis in the G2 shop for uh, USAREC for about five years, and then I said, hey, I need to get back home. All right, so I'm going I'm to clear up a few things here. So for our listeners, USAREC is U.S. Army Recruiting, and that's what we all do here. Uh, and then talking about the three and the two, uh, the three is the operations of a unit. That's people who actually show you how to do what it is you're going to do. They train you, and they, they basically, yeah, this is what we're going to do, where the two is the intelligence and says this is where you should do it. Does that make sense? Is that, is that about accurate? Yeah, that's yeah. about accurate. Okay, fantastic. So how long were you in now? I did ten years. Ten years. Yeah. And and if I'm not mistaken, you you did uh did you sustain an injury? Was that a, a sudden injury or a long term uh debilitating thing? It was a long term debilitating thing. So. Okay. So th- I wanted to bring that up to you because if you do for whatever reason while you're serving, if you do get hurt, uh you will uh you will go under a board review for how how hurt you are. And they will determine an amount of money for you once you get out that you're going to receive for the rest of your life, even if you don't retire. Uh, is percent disability from the military. Every branch has it, but you know almost all the civilians here have some percent or not. I somehow don't. But anyway, so Mr. Devane still been out of the military, not retired, got a check every month. Yeah. You still get medical? Yep, still get medical. Still get medical. So e- even if there's that risk, I got hurt. Well, they're going to take care of you. Yeah, and that's the one thing I can say. That the the military, the army has been great to my family, um, and my wife reminds me of that every day, um, and my kids. <laughs> did your wife serve? No, she did not serve. Okay, and she kicks herself every day for that because she's like, man, if I would have served, I could have retired by now. 
Yeah, yes. I, I kicked myself too. I, I could have retired six years ago. Yeah, and so and that's the thing. It's like, oh, I retired. I'm like 40 years old, and I can go on to a second career. So, you know, go. I'm going to rewind a little bit. Uh, talking about the preparatory uh, school, I didn't know that existed. So w- what is that, just a, a run-you-up-to-speed thing, or is it like Rudy where he went to Holy Cross for a couple of years to get his grades up? No, it's, um, it's actually kind of – it gets you ready – for West Point, it actually sees if you can actually do uh, the academic rigors of West Point, and along with the physical stuff, while maintaining you know both of that. Because a lot of times, you know, individuals go to school, and West Point is 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 different. Um, you think than, than a regular college, and so you you get that opportunity to go to school, but at the same time, you're still doing the military stuff. Um, you're still learning about the military. Granted, you do it during the summertime, so that summer break where everybody's, you know, in a regular college, like, yeah, summer break, I'm taking off, I'm go get a summer job or something like that. No, you're doing training, you're going off to different schools. I, I did airborne school, you know, while I was a cadet at West Point for the summer. Um, also did summer school. <laughs> so, um, but things like that, you know, you get to do all these different adventures um while you're there so it makes it a different twist so you don't get you know you know it's a different you know everybody's like oh you decide to do that as a 20 year old or as an 18 year old coming out of high school playing the next four years of your life um as opposed to going to a regular university and being able to do the parties and stuff like that because you go to west point the first two years you don't leave campus during the school day you know and during that time you know you don't get that time off you know, like at a regular college, oh, I'm going to dip off, go home. It's no, you're you're in the military. You're actually active duty. Now, but uh, that, speaking of West Point, um, how much does it cost? It was free for me. It's just a, a commitment. <laughs> so, um, Does so, it cost anything for anybody? Uh, well, taxpayers pay the, the I meant for the actual attendee. <laughs> no, it does not. So you go to West Point, it's kind of like a full-ride scholarship. Um, academic scholarship for you um, and you go there four years um, they give you a stipend um, that allows you to help you pay for your books your uniforms um, computer software that they require you to have and stuff of that nature um, but you don't pay anything you just have to have a commitment after that it's a I want to make sure I get it right it's a four-year commitment um, active duty and then you get eight years you know, total reserve time. So so what I'm hearing is you can go to one of the world's finest educational institutions. You don't pay a dime. You don't pay a dime in housing, meal plan, a- academics. You go to a, you go to a school that's on, on par with, with West Point. Talk about, say, like Duke or Vanderbilt or something like that. You're going to walk away with $150,000 oh, in debt. Easily. Yeah. Boy, that, no. and, and then you got to find a job. Yep. I mean, you're probably going to find a job if you went to Duke or Vanderbilt. But just saying, when you graduate from West Point, you've got a job all right. I guarantee you got a job. In fact, they want to keep you so bad. They want to keep you, you know, 20, 30 years. Yeah. So, so uh, going the officer route, you know, if you want to have that higher education, you know, the military academy could be for you. And then there's ways to get, you know, become an officer without going to the military academy as well. You can go to ROTC through a school. You can just go to school and then uh, you talk to your recruiter and go through OCS. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of way to pick up that butter bar. Or you could enlist and go to school while you're enlisting. Oh, that's right. I forgot and about that. And then do OCS. I was too dumb to do that. <laughs> I was too busy eating crayons out in California. Hey, that's the Marines. <laughs> A little bit. Want to hear more about the Army? 
Text ARQN to go Army. That's 462-769. All right, all right, Mr. Pryor. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. We're back in the squad bay. Sergeant First Class Bradley, Mr. Hall, and our very special guest, Mr. Devane, GS11 extraordinaire in the S2 office. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, really enjoying the time you're spending and really enjoying the stories you're telling. Uh, I'd like you to perhaps tell us another story. Uh, it is February. It is Black History Month. And uh, you are an African-American gentleman. And uh, would you be able to share with us some of your perspective, uh, you know, with, as the Army relates to at being an African-American, you know, both uh, if you want to say overall or as an officer? You know, it, it's, it's your story, but I'd like to hear exactly, what, you know, what, what, what it's like for you and, and the perspective you have, please. Um, well, it, it's a different perspective. Um, as coming up in, you know, in the military and stuff, you don't see, you know, as an African-American officer you don't see too many like you um there was not that many especially when i was field artillery combat arms um you won't see a lot of african americans in combat arms um especially you know in the senior ranks um you know when i came in uh my first duty station which is fort seal um in my battalion alone i was the only one <laughs> i was the only black um african-american officer there um as a second lieutenant um, and then probably about a month or so later, uh, another one, another gentleman showed up um, in there. But in the senior ranks, there were none. So, and when I looked at the battalion XO, talking about the the field grade officers and stuff, there were none. Um, so you know, you kind of don't get that uh, mentorship from someone that looks like you. And I don't get me wrong, I had mentors um, along the way. Um, officers that pulled me in, um, put me under their wing and said, hey, you know, these are the things that you need to do um, for your career path to excel as an officer in field artillery or just to excel as an officer in, in you know, in the military, um, in the Army. Um, but you don't have that person that, hey, maybe have went through some of the same things that you did, um, came from the similar black background as you. Um, so that's that that's the hard piece about it sometimes. But I know um, that the Army is working on that. Um, there has been a shift, I know, because even when I was at um, USREC headquarters, um, they were doing studies and they were trying to figure out ways to increase uh, minorities um, in the combat arms arena um, so that, you, you know, it looks more like, you know, the rest of the military. Because the funny thing is a lot of my NCOs were – African-Americans. Um, right. And so, and that was the, the biggest thing. So when I came in, they're like, wow. And then to be a West Pointer to come in as an African-American, it was like, whoa, you went where? And I'm like, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I went there. And uh, they said, did you graduate? I'm like, I wouldn't be here if I didn't graduate. But yeah, I did graduate. And that, that's some of the nuances that you get. Because it's, it's almost like an anomaly that you can have a um, African-American officer that graduated from West Point. Um, and it's, it, to me, it's good for people to see that. Um, and I have a lot of classmates, um, that graduated with me that are African-Americans that were field artillery. And so a lot of us, they, it, we talk and we see, okay, yeah, that was a lot of similar things that we went from post to post, um, being able to, um, you know, be one of the first ones that, uh, NCO has seen, uh, you know, a young African-American NCO that's saying a young enlisted, um, 
African American that have seen, okay, hey, look, that's a black officer there, or that's an African American officer there. That hey, you know, uh, I can actually attain those roles, and that's that's something good to good to be a part of. And like now, we see that you know, the sec def, yeah, Secretary of Defense, <laughs> yeah. he, he's an African American gentleman. Just he got appointed uh, a couple weeks ago, and I want to make out he, he's a West Point grad as well. Oh, he is. Oh, oh yeah. I did not know that. Yes, yeah. he is a West what? Point grad. Was he a three star when he retired. He was a four star. Was he? Yeah. Wow. Why do I feel like a I tell you what, you know, when I first got here, um, you know, to this job here in, in, in Raleigh Meps, you know, you talk about uh, the, the absence of black officers. I was like, wait a minute, boy, the, the BC and the XO both were lieutenants colonel yeah. and they both, uh, they're both African-American and I, I'm okay. You know, my boss, when I was in the Marine Corps, uh, Chief Warrant Officer Perkins, I, I love that man. He taught me so much African-American gentleman, uh, my mentor, in the actual uh, in in the company battalion, was first sergeant. Well, the, he's uh, by the time he retired, he was sergeant major Joe Vines, uh, very 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 famous marine. If you guys want to look him up, he's something else. And there's a lot of pro and a lot of con about him. But uh, I digress. Uh, do you feel like um, you feel like you've been held to a different standard, or perhaps people expected more, or maybe even less? You know, uh, have you experienced things like this in, in the service that you know made you take a step back and say, "Hang on a second. Uh, well, I have experienced kind of both realms of that. Um, <laughs> like I said in the beginning, like um, that was one of the reasons my family said, "Hey, you need to go," you know, on the officer side because, like, I if I feel that I am being um, wronged in any way, I'm going to say something. Um, sometimes it may not be tactful, <laughs> um, <laughs> and so like um, I've, I've never known you to be anything but tactful. You're so you're so quiet and kept and professional I, and i know and sometimes people take that as a weakness um but a lot of times i just sit back and observe but you know i've had experiences of that you know like one of the times um my first deployment i had a um, commander that was like hey basically all i could do was um read off announcements to the unit and i was like uh, uh, i can do more than this here and so um literally me and him had a a candid talk one afternoon after um, I had got into it um, with some people. And he literally, from that talk, he's like, okay, I see a different side of you, um, and I apologize for that. And he actually wrote a long letter to my grandfather um, <laughs> explaining everything that happened. And he was just, you know, my grandfather kept that letter for the longest. Um, and, and it changed um, after that. It, it changed. Um, he treated me, you know, with the same respect that he treated everybody else with after that, um, he actually lead, actually put me in charge of other lieutenants that were that outranked me by data rank and stuff of that nature that have been in longer than me. Um, and so, you know, I took a healthy role of, hey, being in charge, being the, the second go-to person um, for him um, just, you know, after we had, you know, that came to that understanding. Um, and then on the, the flip side – from the get-go, it's like sometimes you, you are held to that different standard, you know, and you hold yourself to a different standard because you don't want to mess it up for the next person. Sure, sure. <laughs> and so and that, that's the that's the biggest thing. So it's like, you know, I, I, I try to watch myself, can't do this, can't do that, because I don't want to make this opportunity last for someone else. And I know a lot of my um, friends who – who were in the military, who has, you know, still are in the military, kind of feel the same way. And so it's kind of like, hey, we're going to make sure we stay on that, you know, stay the standard, stay the role, 
so that hey the next person gets the same opportunity that we got. And 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 uh, as you said earlier, you said it's improving. I believe it's improving as well. Um, but I would like to ask you this: um, there is there's been a stigma uh, in in some uh, in some little circles across the United States that the the army does predatory recruiting, especially toward low income black individuals. Do you feel that's the case, or I mean, how do you feel about that? I, I don't. I'll put it this way. I don't think so. Um, but a lot of times I think, um, you know, that could be the perceptive. And then, you know, people tend to miss out on those opportunities. Because like I said, the, the military, the Army has been, you know, overall good to me and my family from the long run. And it, that goes back to my grandfather, his brothers and um, that have joined or served into the military. It allowed them to do things that they parents would not have dreamed of doing. And so, and there's, you know, those opportunities are there. Um, a lot of times what you see happen um, is that it is the lower income people, um, lower income African-Americans that join the military, because guess what? The area that they come from, there is nothing there. Like literally um, the town that I grew up in, um, literally the only jobs that, you know, for the most part that were there, was you was going to be a um, somebody that, you know, cut logs, you know, puckwooden as we called it, or logging that other people call it around the country, or you're going to work in the field and stuff. And, like, that was not on my radar. That was something that I did not want to continue to do. I did it as a kid growing up, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this uh, for the rest of my life. And so that's that was one of the main things from – Growing up that my parents, my grandparents pushed was, hey, education, education, so you're going to get it. Um, and the military was an opportunity because, like I said, you know, you, you come from a poor background. You can't afford typically to go to college. Um, granted, I had scholarships along the way um, that was offered to me, but still, you know, my mother, a single parent, you know, with two kids, wasn't going to be able to send both of us to school at the same time. And so me joining the military was an opportunity for me to go and then her to be able to send my sister um, to college as well. And so that, that was the thing. So it looks that way, but it's just a, that is an opportunity that's out there. Um, and I think what's happening, though, is people that are, you know, may not come from those um, backgrounds, that, that lower income background and stuff like that, that nature, the middle class, are actually seeing the opportunities in the military because you tell me a place where you can go where they're going to pay you, they're going to train you, they're going to give you education. You do four years, you know, your, that first commitment, and then you say, okay, hey, I don't want to do this anymore, and you get out, right? You probably go to school, probably got certifications and stuff like that behind your name, and so now you can go to the workforce and say, hey, I got experience doing this, I got experience doing that. And you're going to make more than that person who went to the four-year college and they got all that debt behind them. Exactly. So exactly. that's the thing. And I like, I like literally I talked to, I, I talked to family, I talked to friends and I was like, yeah, you know, don't let someone that has never experienced the military or that may have had a bad experience in the military because they didn't do what they were supposed to do influence you from missing out on the opportunity that could affect your life. You know. Don't you see that most people, well, the, my, the, this is a question I'm posing to you, but um, 
all the people that I've met that uh, have a poor perception of the military, I don't, you know, I, I don't really know them personally. I don't know their backgrounds, but you kind of look at them and you tell, I think you have a bad uh, experience because I don't think you did what you were supposed to do. I bet you were just, you know, hating on everything. I bet you, if you'd have done what people told you to do and learned how uh, you were supposed to do this, that, and the other, I think you'd have been just fine. I think that you just have a problem with authority and you're lazy. Uh, sometimes, yeah. Um, that, that That's not to say there's some bad apples out there. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes that could be. And then, you know, sometimes they, you know, get with someone that, you know, I, I say, you know, like every leader is not the same. Every um, person is not the same. Sometimes you get a leader that, you know, you know, treats you totally different than someone else, and that could be that bad experience that they had. Um, Absolutely. And so a lot of times, you know, like I used to tell people as I swore me into the military um, at the MEPS, I'm like, hey, you're going to come across different people. I said, but if you have a plan, you have a goal um, and what you want to do, then guess what? Hey, look for that goal. Don't let those people deter you from that. Um, and I said, if you stick with that, your military experience is going to be what you make. You know, and, and, and if you do come across that, that, that individual who's making your life a little rough, that's not forever. You know, it's not like the boss in the factory who's always going to be the boss for 20 years and you're going to be the guy underneath him. Eventually, that person's going to go or you're going to go because you're, you're going to get orders. And you may pick up and say, you know what? Deuces, sir. I got to go to Washington State. And, oh, well, I'm going to Germany. And, and okay, well, then I'm a planet away from you, and that's exactly how I want it, sir. And that's, that's like, one of the best things that I liked about the military. I know a lot of people don't like the PCS moving and moving around every three years or whatever. I actually love that, like, you know, because it gives you a fresh new start at a new place. Like, you know, typically, you know, they may have heard something about you, but for the most part, they don't know you. They got and, your service record book. That's about it. Yeah. But you get to prove to them, you know, and if it's a good good leader, you know, they're going to say, okay, hey, I get what this said about you, but here you got a new chance to make a new, uh, you know, a new record. So you can come in clean and start off from there. So you can start off on either the right foot or the wrong foot, but you get a chance to almost every three years remake yourself. Hit the reset button. Yep. <laughs> and that's the great thing about the military. It's very interesting because you could come in there. It, uh, again, you had a poor leader in your past uh, uh, station. You know, you got poor conduct marks or poor proficiency marks or something. And then you go to this new place and you start off, you know, you're the hot shot. It's like, what the heck was this last guy talking about? This guy's great. Yep. This guy's fantastic. And then you know what? Your life changes because – Everybody's going to go through some downtimes every now and then, but you know, for the for the most part, you really control what um, what your uh, your destiny is going to be. Uh, especially if, you know, with the military, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. Yeah, and that, like literally, and that just reminds me of uh, um, <laughs> when I was at the MEPS, I had a Marine that worked for me. Um, <laughs> he was a uh, he was a corporal, and um, hey, and so he um, literally before me, he had some issues. And so when I took over him, I sat him down. I gave him his initial counsel, and I said, hey, look, these are the things that I expect of you. You do these things, this is what your fit report is going to look like. You don't do these things, this is what your fit report is going to look like. And so with that, he went on, and he's like, okay, these are the things you want me to do. And I told him, I said, hey, I don't care what the last person said. I don't care what you did under the last person. This is your chance to rewrite yourself. And literally, that's what he did. Now, I took some flack <laughs> um, from um, a Marine major. He called me. He said, no, you can't give him this fit report. I said, I can't. And he said, no, you can't. I said, yes, I can. I said, because 
I'm his supervisor. These are the things that I lined out for him to do. And he did those things. But no, this is totally different from his last fit report because he changed. That's the whole point of the fit reports. <laughs> and Your last one's not supposed to have any bearing on the, on the new one other than just saying that you've made improvement on the last one. Yep. And, and so he literally got promoted to sergeant. Good. And so, you know, that was the thing. I, it's like one of those things when if you do the things that, you know, you're asked to do, people are going to fight for you. And so and that's what I did for him. I fought for him and like literally um, after I got out and he got out the military, um, we came, me and my wife came back to North Carolina and we literally saw him in, um, I think it was Applebee's or something like that. And he had dreads now coming all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny to see Marines once they get out the Marines. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so like he had his dreads coming all down and he came running up on me and I was like, who's this guy? And he's like, hey, sir, you remember me? And I'm like, uh, not really. He's like, yeah, you remember? And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, I remember you, Jones. And then he's just like, my wife was like, who's that? I was like, oh, he worked at the mills with me. And he just told me, he's like, hey, you totally changed my life around. Wow. He said, I got promoted. I got this. And he said, but I decided to get out anyway, and now I'm going to school, and I'm doing this. And I said, good things. You know, and that's that's the, the great thing about the military. You, Especially as a leader, you get to affect people's lives, not always in a negative way. But a lot of times in a positive way. I tell you, you know, it's 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 you know th- this podcast is actually targeted to people who are going to be joining the military and be at the very bottom of the ladder when they when they join. But there's also a really really good feeling once you've picked up just a little bit of responsibility and a little bit of rank, and next thing you know, you're in charge of those bottom of the ladders. And when you see them doing right because you train them the right way yeah. and they're succeeding, man, that's an amazing feeling, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, like. It's always like I, I don't know. It's like a, one of those things is you know just being, whenever your team does good, you know it's not about you. It's about the team. It's like wow, we did great things. Hey, you know the team is awesome. This team is awesome, and, th- and that's how it feels as a leader. It's like I didn't do this. My team did this. All I did was empower them to do these things, and that's the greatest thing about being you know part of the military, um, being part of the army. You are part of a team. You know, and that team is bigger than you. It's a you. big old team, isn't yep. it? This team is bigger than you, and with that, you go out and do great things for the country. And so that's that's always great, being a part of a team, because, you know, no man's island. I like to come across uh, straight out of left field with this question that's going to hit you. Uh, probably not expecting this question, so um, I try to ask all of our guests, what is your favorite food? Oh, man. Ah. Nobody's <laughs> ever prepared for that question. <laughs> well, um, I will say my favorite. Before you answer, before you answer, because uh, back in my last job, I had to do biographies for all the managers, okay? And um, the last thing was always, what's your favorite food, okay? Now, I'm tech, I'm taking these questions, you know, rapid fire, where's this, where's that? Okay, what's your favorite food? And the last guy that I had to do a bio for, I, it went this fast. What's your favorite food? Cranberry sauce. <laughs> It sounds like, like my wife. Like out of the can, cranberry. And he he had that right on the end of his tongue, ready to spit it out. I'm like, shocked me. And it shocked me for how quick it was. And it shocked me for what it was. But I just, I thought that was kind of funny. That I remember uh, Dante, wherever you are, Dante Hayes, we're thinking about you. Anyway, go ahead, Mr. Domain. What's your favorite food? My favorite food is lasagna. Lasagna. Oh, okay. Yeah. Lasagna. 
Vegetarian or non-vegetarian? Get out of here with that vegetarian. Hey, some people <laughs> like vegetarian lasagna more than non-vegetarian. I don't Devane, know you why. You can reach my can't smack that guy. Yeah, I don't even know what vegetarian lasagna is. Well, it, it gotta have meat. Let, let me tell you. Okay, <laughs> you know what? Lots. How about this? How about this? We have a hybrid lasagna because I'm on keto right now and I hate it, but I'm, I've lost some pounds and it's working, so I'm gonna stay on it. But um, my wife made a keto lasagna. Now, it didn't have any pasta. It had zucchini slices as the pasta, but I could have as much meat and cheese and all that stuff I wanted. It wasn't bad. Yeah, I've, I've had that lasagna. Um, I've actually had my wife, for, you know, I'm trying to drop some pounds too. And so she did a lot of replacing the rice and um, pasta with um, cauliflower. Cauliflower. Yep. yep. You know what? You and me have a lot more in common than I thought. Because <laughs> I'm in keto hell right now because of you. <laughs> Yeah, I can't do the keto. <laughs> so today's National Pizza Day, and these jerks are going to order pizza, and I'm just going to sit there and stare at it. Order the keto pizza. It has the from where the cauliflower crust. Um, Boy, if you say with someone nearby, I'm going to drop every dollar I got. You know what? I think Blades Pizza. Ooh. Blades. I think you're right. Yeah. Blades Pizza has yeah. it. And the reason I say that because you know my daughter eats like that sometimes, and my wife would be like, "Oh, let's try this here," and they they have the that one crust that is you know. That's supposed to be keto friendly. It's cauliflower crust. I don't know what it was, but I tell you, it tastes like cardboard. You just brought me down <laughs> so hard. <laughs> but Open just do what I do. Crushed. Hey, just do what I do. Add a lot of cheese. Add a lot of meat to it. Dip it in ranch dressing. Yep. Because ranch dressing somehow is keto friendly. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. That's a lot of things. It's like all that that extra fat. All the fat's good for you, apparently. Yeah. If pounds are falling off me, my pants fit better. Whatever's good. Yeah, just, you know, I have to lose a little bit more before I can go re-enlist, though. Uh, me, too. Do you want to re-enlist with me? Uh, Don't do it. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> hey, you'd come in a lot higher than me. I'd, I'd still be an E4. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> uh, somebody, my um, son asked me that the other day. He's like, Daddy, would you want to go back into the military now? I said, no, nah, I did my time. It's your time now. How old is he? He's seven. And so we was watching Mulan. And, um... And they came around asking for all the, you know, the firstborn sons to come and join the, the emperor's army. And so they get to Mulan's father, and he's like, oh, well, I don't have a son, so I'm going to go. And my, my son goes, Daddy, will you do that? I said, nah, buddy, you going. <laughs> get out this house. <laughs> yeah, it's your turn. <laughs> That's too funny. Oh, this has been a good time. Hey, do you have any closing th thoughts you want to tell anybody? Do you have any words of wisdom that you want to impart with the audience or you just want to deuce out of here? Um, the only thing I can say is, uh, you know, don't sleep on the military. Uh, do not sleep on being a part of a great organization. Um, like any organization, um, the military has some issues that they're working through, but the best organizations identify those issues and work towards fixing it. And that is what the military is doing as a whole. Um, so I tell you, if you want to have that opportunity of, you know, seeing the world, making some money, and then gaining some knowledge, you know, look at joining the military, preferably the Army. Preferably the Army. Go Army. <laughs> Beat Navy. Yeah. Hey. 
That's all right. That's all right. We, we took we took a stomp in this year. That's all right. That's, that's, that's totally fine. But uh, you know what? A fantastic uh, uh, a guest here, Mr. Devane. Thank you so much for coming in today, uh, taking and spending about a forty five minutes with us. It's really been our pleasure to have you here, and uh, can't wait to have you on again again. But until then, uh, this has been uh, Mr. Hall and Sergeant First Class Briley on the Squad Bay. We'll see you next time. Give us a follow on Twitter at the Squad Bay. That's at the Squad Bay on Twitter. Music on the Squad Bay appears courtesy of Kevin McLeod at incomtech.filmmusic.io. Full attribution can be found in the notes of the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, we just rant about all kinds of crazy crap. All right, that works. Okay, you good? You ready to go? Sure, I'm ready. We've been recording for like a minute and a half. Oh, now. okay, good, 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 good. <laughs>